0: Author Pete McGinty, not related to our boss, Martini. Tom McGinty has a book out, Accidental Heroes, the Grassroots Movement that Helped Save the Columbus Crew. And it really is a remarkable story. I've never heard anything like this in my life of how a group of 19 guys and and one gal, 18 guys and one gal, can form a group to save a major sports franchise, and Pete wrote a book about it. Hey, Pete.
1: Hey, Torrey, how you doing?
0: Good. Two gals, by the way. Two gals. I'm sorry. I didn't want to (laughs) shortchange one of the gals. But, you know, I know Morgan Hughes, and when this first started, I reached out to him, and we put him on the air, and we talked about it. And I'll be honest, when he hung up, Pete, I thought, there's no way in hell this group of people who are just starting a hashtag on social media, Save the Crew, that just started a website, is going to save this team just from the standpoint the commissioner was against him the ownership was against them i thought no way in hell they would be able to do this
1: yeah you know i thought the same thing i met morgan um actually before the crew was saved to start writing not a book but just a case study on this for um something i was doing with the columbus partnership and uh it was actually i met him two weeks to the day from october 12th the day the crew was saved and i wasn't optimistic and i'm sitting here i'd never met him before i'm Listening to him talk and looking into his eyes, and I said to him at the end, I said, "What?" Because you know he talked about the whole a year of his life, and and that's just his life. But many other people just dedicated a year to their life to try to do this. And I looked at him and I said, "What if this doesn't work?" And he looked at me like it was the stupidest question in the world. He said, "It's going to work." And I'm like, I walked away. I, I came home and told my wife, I said, "I'm worried about this guy because I don't know what's going to happen to him if it doesn't work." But uh, you know, they, they fought against the machine, they fought against all odds, and uh, you know, never before in a hundred years fifty sports franchises in North America have up and left. And never before has a community impacted uh, a result like this. And it's just remarkable what they did.
0: Do you and in the book is great and I started reading it over the weekend. What were some of the steps when you when you get people who don't know how to save a team and of course you use social media and you'd open up websites? But who, was there anyone in the business community that reached out to them to kind of guide them along the way?
1: Yeah. Uh, Doug Kreidler, who is president and CEO of the Columbus Foundation, uh, has a great instinct for the power of what I'll call the New Power Movement, which is a, a grassroots effort to how you can mobilize a community. And he reached out to Morgan. Morgan didn't know who Doug was. He, uh, he had met uh, Jenny, Britton Bauer from Jenny's Ice Cream Morgan had at the rally which was just uh, for the Sunday after they announced the crew might be leaving. And uh, Jenny knows Doug and Jenny texted Morgan and said, Hey, a guy named Doug Kreidler is going to call you. And then he took this call from Doug that evening and uh, they talked for, I think like 45 minutes and, and Doug just, you know, he gave them uh, kind of the playbook for, you know, take the high road. Don't let anyone hijack this. Understand the power you have, um, you know, understand, you know, what, what you have in your hands here. And if you do it well, you know, you can be successful and you can really impact Columbus in lots of ways in terms of developing a model for for this. And, and Morgan listened to him. He learned from him. He uh, was mentored by him. And uh, I think that really, uh, first and foremost, had a lot of influence. Then, of course, over time, you know, Morgan and the Save the Crew folks met uh, Alex Fisher with the Columbus Partnership and some other business leaders. And, you know, there, there was already, you know, the mayor and Alex and Doug, they were already working to Save the Crew also. But the fact that the New Power movement was so strong, it really held the business leaders in, in, our, in our political community. It, it held them to a standard of, you've got to do your part. You've got to be right here with us and not give up. And, um, you know, it really, I think, you know, it has been said to me by some of those uh, more traditional uh, you know, business leaders. Yeah, I don't know if we would have kept up with this had it not been for the Save the Crew movement because they really – they really kind of mobilized us and motivated us and held our feet to the fire.
0: Pete McGinty's with us. The book, Accidental Heroes, the Grassroots Movement to Save the Crew. Did pre-court at all, when this was going out, because it, it was a year or two, maybe even longer, where the Save the Crew was doing it and pre-court's having meetings, trying to get land for the stadium and trying to work that, what was the interaction between pre-court and the Save the Crew people?
1: Uh, I would say there was no interaction, and, and you know the Save the Crew team, and they they really took the high road. They didn't make this about pre-court. They didn't make this about Austin. They made it all about um, what what the crew meant to Columbus, and they made it all about the community. Um, there was really, you know, there were there were many um, of the Save the Crew. Many fans had met PreCourt over the years, and 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 pre-court would show up at events and so forth, and and you know they'd talk to him, and he'd say, No, I'm not gonna not gonna ever move the team. That kind of thing. Um, but once this happened, it was, it was just, no, there was no interaction whatsoever. I, uh, pre kind of kept his distance. He did come back for a couple games. He came back for the playoff game on October 31st on Halloween. And there's a picture in the book of him in his suite and somebody's waving an Ohio flag in his face. Uh, he was not, uh, warmly welcomed, um, yeah. <laughs> in Columbus from that point on.
0: And when does his team start? When is the Austin FC? When are they going? Well, is it next believe,
1: year? Yeah, I believe they start next year. Okay, they start next year. And you know what's, what's also interesting is that here, you know Precord wants a downtown stadium, and um, that's one of the conditions in which he leaves. So he goes to Austin and he doesn't get the, the, the tracks of land that he initially wants. And uh, now he's 10 miles outside of downtown Austin. (laughs) Do you think – Yeah, guess what we have.
0: Yeah, do you think – you know, looking back and playing armchair quarterback sometimes fun. Do you think if he really pushed for a downtown stadium and tried to stay, he would have got it? Or was it just you found out what he was doing, he could have been playing both sides, and it was never going to happen?
1: You know, that's a great question. I I don't know the answer to that. But um, he had not – he had not really uh, – gotten in you know, relationship-wise with the power players of Columbus. He was on the Columbus Partnership, for example, but he wasn't an active member. He didn't go to meetings. He, he would just show up and kind of complain and whine about all the things he needed. Um, I think if he would have been a, a more um, active member of the community, I mean, he never moved here. He said he was going to buy a house here. He never did. Um, he came to very few games. So he wasn't an active and visible member of the community. Had he been, uh, I think that the business community would have been much more... And the political community would have been much more um, apt to support a downtown stadium uh, for for all the right reasons. But you know, it's funny how this works. You know, it's the same thing happened in Cleveland. Same thing happens in other markets. So team leaves, and then it's like, oh shoot. We want a team again, you know, we better build the downtown stadium. Somehow somehow markets come up with the with the funding and the money, um, you know, when they when they absolutely have to. So I but this this actually worked out. This was the dream scenario for, for the crew and for crew fans because, mm-hmm. you know, we've got ownership now that, that that we love and that are investing in the team. We've got a great team on the field. Um, we we kept the, the not only the, the name, the colors, we kept the players, the families, the community, everything that goes with the crew, and we've got a downtown stadium.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be open a year from now. Are we going to start seeing, because I understand how uh, maybe with the old stadium and the parking lot, I mean the rain, and it's kind of, I've been a season ticket holder, it's kind of a <laughs> yeah. pain in the ass, uh, but downtown's going to be great. Are we going to see a bunch of local sponsorship merge with this new stadium like it's a whole new world because I would assume, like me personally, I've been waiting for season tickets to the new stadium. I think you might see a whole new world now for the crew.
1: I think no doubt about it. I think there's, there's, you know, I think especially with Steve Lyons going over to the crew and his contacts with the business community, I, I know for a fact they're already having uh, uh, very deep discussions with some very visible corporations and companies to do stadium sponsorships and. And I think it's it's going to be analogous uh, to Huntington Park when Huntington Park opened too. I mean, I think, you know, when you've got the bright shiny penny, I mean, I think people are going to flock to it. I think it's going to be an experience. It's, it's going to be, be an, an event, yeah. Stadium, yeah. I I think, uh, you know, in soccer, as you know, being a fan, soccer, the soccer fan community. I mean, you know, the community itself transcends what happens on the field, even. So, um, you know, it's soccer is an incredible sport. The passion is unbelievable, but I think that the stadium is going to, you know, appeal to a whole new uh, group of people also. They're just going to come down and enjoy the experience and probably become fans. And uh, boy, isn't it going to be nice? I mean, you know, the the crew, they're well on their way, you know, to potentially an MLS Cup this year. Wouldn't that be something? And then going into next year with the new stadium, uh, uh, it's just, I mean, the future is so bright. And you know the, the crew fans uh, they couldn't have asked for anything better. It's just you know from the depths of despair, you know the the book kind of takes a historical journey through all the stages of grief, but they never got to the last stage of grief, which was acceptance. you know they turn their they, they went through anger and despair and depression, but they turned their anger into activity, and they they used that instead of getting to acceptance. They would never accept this. they were going to fight basically they were going to fight till the death you know and they, yeah. they weren't going to give up. Did, um, did they so. get
0: anything did the save the crew people like i know the fifth line people with the jackets got season tickets to use the line did, have the crew awarded these
1: uh 19 people no i and i but, but that's not uh, on on. Follow the crew. I, the, the Save the Crew. They have a certain value system that they would not accept anything.
0: Okay, I got it you.
1: They they didn't take one. I mean, they they took donations and they and they took in money to do things for Save the Crew, to do a New Jersey, to do a, a stadium design, to do advertising. But they, in and of themselves, as, as an organization, did not take a dime. Okay, uh, and they're not getting a dime from this book. In fact, one thing for the book: ten percent of the proceeds from the sale of this book goes back to the Community Assist Program which funds tickets for immigrant and refugee children to be able to go to games. So, And that's a, that's a movement and a, and a program that the Save the Crew uh, group started and, and runs. But it, they, don't, they don't get a dime from anything. Uh, they're, they're very careful about that. Um, you know, This is not a, a for-profit or a money-making venture for them. This is a passion venture.
0: How do we get the book?
1: You get the book by going to my website, which is SaveTheCrewBook.com, SaveTheCrewBook.com. Uh, and it's also available on Amazon. I think currently on Amazon it says out of stock, but you can still order on Amazon and you'll get it. But, uh, again, you can order it directly from my site, and I'll get it out to you in a couple days.
0: A tremendous story about this city and the city's history. Uh, Pete, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it.
1: Torque, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.